What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 94 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm your host, Andy Karasquillo. I'm Stan Gadurski. And Chris cannot be with us, unfortunately, this week. Um, well, this episode and next, we are uh, recording back-to-back Game of the Year. Woo! Award show! We do it every year! Well, this is our second, second year. Second year in a row. So, it's officially a tradition! <laughs> Woo! Um, we had Chris write out a list of his picks, so as we go through each category, we'll read his suggestion, and then we'll like tear it apart and tell him why he's wrong. So when you're <laughs> listening back to this, Chris, you'll know why you fucked up with your choices. <laughs> but um, our our award show isn't like super formal or anything like that. You know, it's not like super serious. It's more like um, a year in review. We're going to look back at all the stuff that we really liked and divide them up into certain categories and give shout-outs to the things that we thought were, like, the best stuff that we read, watched, played, etc. all year. So it's it's an award show, but it's also like a, like a let's take a look back. And so Now, this year, the way we structured it is a little different. Uh, last year... Would probably fall under our hot mess category. Yeah, but it was the first it time. It was good, though. It was a lot of fun. It took forever. It and was, uh... we learned a bunch from doing it. And, yeah, I, I from going on, I kind of want to make it so that it's less... Not necessarily less argumentative, because I feel like we're going to debate, like, who we think is going to be the best, but... Like, last year, every single category was yeah, a debate. I want to, like, kind of try and not be so, like, oh, it has to be unanimous every time. I think it might be better if each category has, like, a top three, and, like, if, if all three of us have different picks, and that's the top three. It's not necessarily an ordered list. If we all have a unanimous pick, or we can be gently convinced of a unanimous mispick, then all the better. Then we'll have, like, one clear winner. But at the very least, we'll have three top choices for each one. And that's not that's not terrible. Yeah. Again, it's supposed to be super casual. We're just, we're just hanging out, you know, like every week. Hell yeah. So you want to get right into this all shit? Right, let's get in. All right. Our, well, you know what? For this episode, I'm going to read all of our categories that we're going to go through. And then we can go through each one individually. So I'll just read the categories. Um, favorite comic arc. Um, and that's probably like five to six issues. Like a, a clear, like, your favorite, like, run of, like, issues. Um, best single issue. So if you could only recommend one issue to one person, just read one issue from 2016, what, what would that be? Um, anime of the year. TV of the year. That's going to include Netflix and, like, all streaming stuff. Not necessarily, you know, broadcast. Um, and movie of the year is going to be what we're going to cover this week. So you want to start with your favorite comic arc? Well, let's start with Chris's favorite comic yeah, arc. Yeah, so I'm going to read Chris's pick. Um, so for our favorite comic arc, Chris wrote in that he thinks DC Rebirth, six-issue Bat Family crossover, Night of the Monster Men should win. Cool. <laughs> I didn't read that, but I assume there were monsters and there were men. Well, he did speak about this on yeah, the episode. Yeah, he, he's brought it up. Um, several times. Yeah, so it, it makes sense that he would pick this. Yeah, and it kind of sounds fucking awesome. Definitely something I want to look into. Yeah, yeah, his description is, The Bat Family versus Pacific Rim-like kaiju monsters created and led by Hugo Strange. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely something I would read. But, yeah. 
Um, my pick for favorite comic arcs of the year would definitely be Walking Dead The Whisperer War. Um, unfortunately, The Whisperer War has ended last week, but I didn't get a chance to read it yet. Because I was mm. sick and holidays and... But, up until the that, uh, the issue before that, oh my god, that arc was so good. So many twists and turns, it was just really good. So you think, it, does it take your top spot for comic arc? Yeah, that's my top spot So what if you read arc. the last issue of the arc and it's like trash garbage and it doesn't stick the landing? Are you still, you think it, it's better, like... The whole is better than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I okay. I think so. All right, fair um, there were a lot of things that I wanted to happen earlier in the comic series, and it seems like they waited for this arc to throw that out, and uh, that to me meant more than how this arc ends. Okay. Do you have a runner-up? Uh, my runner-up will be the Nightwing Returns arc, which is the, the arc of Dick. Reclaiming the mantle as Nightwing again. Is that that's the rebirth arc? That yeah, you, that's the okay. rebirth arc. Why? Why did? Why did um, that not beat out Whisper War? Uh, cause I knew Dick was gonna take this mantle. That's sure. Um, in the road to like the first issue was very long and tedious. On like oh, I can't use the name Nightwing anymore until I redeem it, and then. Uh, it's kind of like bitching and moaning and trying to bag a bad girl and being thirsty. Uh, but in the end, he's Nightwing, yeah. my favorite character. And uh, to see him just come back and reclaim that mantle was fucking amazing. But it was not worthy of that number one spot. All right. Makes sense. Uh, for me, my pick was something that I wasn't expecting to really get into, and that's the Superman Rebirth arc. That's the the first, I think, five issues of, of the new Superman. Um, I had no intention of following Superman. I was going to follow Action Comics. That was my plan, because Lex Luthor was going to be part of Action Comics, and, and I kind of just like the name Action Comics. I like the idea of collecting something that's called Action Comics more than just plain old Superman. Um, but I was so into the DC Rebirth relaunch at the time that I wanted to try... I wanted to try a little bit of everything, so I, I ended up re- reading Titans, I ended up reading, like, you know, everything, pretty much. I b- pretty much bought almost all issue ones that during that that summer relaunch, whatever. Yeah. Um, the one that stuck out in my mind the most was Superman. Um, it was, like, the crazy shit, and, like, you heard, you heard, you and Chris heard me, like, lose my every month, damn yeah. mind every time a new issue Superman dropped, like, how crazy and wild that first arc was. It had, it had, um, it introduced, well, it didn't necessarily introduce, but it kind of brought to the forefront Jonathan Kent and Lo- Lois Lane as, as Superman's wife, and you know it's pre-52 Superman. Um, the writing is, like, was top-notch. I, I believe Jonathan was, like, a real character, and, and it didn't... I was sold on the fact that Superman having a son, it felt a little bit like fucking Goku and Gohan. Like, I, I was getting that whole vibe where, like, Jonathan's, like, trying to, like, live up to his father, and and I... 
it was just like an insane arc. They fought the Eradicator. Eradicator ate fucking Crypto, the Super Dog. Like Jonathan went Super Saiyan two on his ass. <laughs> Little Slain put on the fucking bat armor, like the Hell Bat armor. They fought on the fucking moon. We found out that there was a Bat Cave on the moon, just just in case. Like he just Batman just has a Bat Cave up there for no reason. And then Superman fought the fucking ghosts of Krypton at the end of that arc, like. And he absorbed the ghost of Krypton into his body. <laughs> that was like the fucking craziest thing I've read in in so long, and it's been it's been some of the wildest, most fun Superman comics that I've read like in in years, honestly. And it, it completely blew me away, it took me by surprise. Um, so I that's my number one, and I think it's definitely deserving. Even if you're not a, like, a solid fan of Superman, I would recommend it, because the writing is really good, and there's some really good stuff going on in there, and if you want to, like, prep yourself for the arc, you can always read, um, Lois and Clark, which was the mini that came before this, where you, you get the explanation of how pre-52 Superman, Lois and Jonathan ended up on New 52 Earth, um, you get to have Superman running around in the black suit with, like, a full beard, so that's always fun, but it's not necessary. You could totally start from Superman number one and, and get what's going on because it's it's just that good. Arc of the year for me. And yeah, I I, I remember um, pretty much you bringing up how I didn't like Superman books, and then the next week this uh, the first issue of Superman came out, and you were like, "Pick this up, you are going to love it." It's it's really good, and it, it, they don't like they make it. I know a lot of people don't like Superman because they think he's like OP or whatever, and like, oh, how are you gonna fight this guy? But like, they they make it so that like they're on everybody's like on his power level. So it, it's like he, there are threats and there there is risk, and like he's got his son and his and and Lois to worry about, and and some of the best issues that I read this year came from Superman. So. Number one, and I don't have I don't have a runner up because honestly there was a lot of great books, a lot of great comics that came out this year, um, but you know the one that's sticking out in my mind the most was Superman. Nice. Yeah. All right. So then our top is the Night of the Monster Men arc cr- crossover for the Bat Family, Superman Rebirth, and the and Whisper, Walking Dead Whisper War. All right. Cool. So. Next is going to be Best Single Issue. And I will read what Chris wrote down. Um, Son of Bakery number one. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm sure he mentioned it. And I probably wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm going to look up the synopsis right now. Oh, okay, no, 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 I remember this. Um, it's the um, a one-man Shonen Jump-esque comics anthology from Shark Knife creator Corey Lewis. Each 48-page issue is jam-packed with robo-space adventure, paranormal skateboarding, breakdancing, and social swordplay. Uh, this landmark first issue debuts four new stories, Dream Skills, Aurum, Batrider, and Freeze. So I remember him talking about this. Yeah, I remember him talking about it. Uh, did not remember that name at all. Yeah, me neither. The name completely skipped my my brain. But this sounds really cool. Um, sounds like something Chris would like to <laughs> show. Um, so check it out. Sun Bakery number one. Um, so what are your picks? So 
I actually only have one pick for this, and it is Walking Dead issue 157. And that is the very beginning of the Whisper War arc. Mm-hmm. Um, the arc is pretty much where Negan gets enough trust from Rick to allow Negan to live in Alexandria as a regular human being. He's obviously under surveillance, and uh, the catch is, during this war, Negan will be their first line of defense. Mm. But I really like it. Um, There's really interesting moments between Rick and, and Negan, and they're really tense on Rick's side, and Negan's just like... You're going to want me as your right-hand man. Trying to convince him. It's fucking great. Mm. Yeah, I remember you talking about it. Yeah. Um, Alright, cool. Uh, my runner-up for best single issue is Mother Panic number one. Um, Young Animal was the new DC imprint that was led by Gerard Way. And, you know, he came out with um, Doom Patrol and um, Shade the Changing Woman or something like that. Yeah. And, and a whole bunch of other ones. Um, the one that stuck out to me the most, though, was Mother Panic. She's a brand new vigilante in Gotham City, co-created by Gerard Way. Um, she operates in Gotham City, but she is no affiliation to Batman or to the rest of the Bat family. She's her own unique outlier. Um, I liked it a lot because it's unclear whether she's heading down the path of being a hero or a villain. She's very much in the middle. Her suit looks super cool. It's like all white and it looks kind of like a, a like a negative Batman suit almost. Um, she's got like a glider that looks kind of like the Goblin Glider a little bit and and she's got these gloves that look like fucking Rock'em Sock'em robot hands <laughs> and she's got super strength but it's not clear if like, she has that as a superpower or if it's like technology from the suit that's giving her that strength um there's a lot of unknowns that's going on with mother panic the the character um there's a lot we don't know and i like that a lot because i feel like i there's not really a lot of mystery left in in all these heroes that we read about like we know everything about batman we know everything about nightwing Superman, we like. There's no, there's nothing new to learn. So it's really refreshing to have a new character in Gotham City that we don't know anything about that we're following, and hasn't been introduced in any of the other Bat books or any of the other DC stuff. So it's Gotham City, but it's Gotham City like you haven't really seen it before. It's a mature readers' book, so there's a lot of blood and violence and cursing. And in the first issue, Mother Panic says, "Fuck the Bat" when somebody asks her if she's affiliated with Batman. So that's pretty great. Um, first issue has also a brief cameo by Alfred and Batman, and so you know at some point they are going to cross paths, so it's cool getting to know that it's leading to that point eventually, and they'll get there, but it's really cool that they're taking, like, a slow burn approach to Mother Panic, and I liked it a lot. Um, so that was my runner-up. My number one was DC Rebirth number one, the thing that launched a thousand ongoings. (laughs) Um... Yeah, that thing struck me in, in a way that nothing else really did in terms of just one single issue. It was it was a huge book. It was only two ninety nine, and it shook up the DC universe in a really positive way. And it even explained things that everyone, every type of DC fanboy thought they knew, which is what caused the new fifty two. Yeah, and it's like it totally 
it made like a really interesting kind of sense and it explained a lot and it brought uh, classic Wally back to the DC universe without compromising New 52 Wally, which is also really cool. So, like, they're finding a way to make everything coexist in a way that makes sense. And they're making Dr. Manhattan possibly the main antagonist of the New 52 universe, which is fucking crazy. Batman found the fucking. Uh, the fucking comedian's pin in his bat cave. There's fucking three jokers or some shit. Like, it's just popping off. And, like, I love it because it's, like, almost a graphic novel-length book. But it's yeah. only two ninety nine, and it, and it has so much cool shit going on. And most, uh, the whole book is through Wally's perspective, right? Yeah. And yeah. He, you get to see him come back out of the Speed Force or whatever. And, like, there's this prevailing mystery that's still going on in the DC Universe right now. They keep dropping hints. Um, apparently shit's about to pop off with Dr. Manhattan in 2017. I can't wait to see what's going to go down. Um, I mean, Doctor Man, how the fuck they gonna get to him? He on Mars. He on Mars doing his own shit. He on Mars, like in a different version of Mars, like in a different universe. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know where the fuck he yeah, is. I don't know what's going on. How do you steal five years from like the the universe? My main question is: Are they gonna bring back Rorschach somehow? Please. I don't know. Like, I, oh, I'm oh. still... The, my favorite thing about this, and it, it, it's interesting that it's not, like, pissing me off, is that they still haven't, like, done any explanations of, like, how, like, what's... Well, they haven't done any explanations with that. They haven't done any explanations with the Jokers. Nothing. I know. They're, like, doing, like, this really slow pace, and, like, usually that's something that would really piss me off, but I'm okay with it, because I'm like, take your time, because I want this shit to be, like, like perfect, like, so, so sweet. I want to, like... I mean... To be honest, I did not think DC Rebirth was going to pop out with a fucking, like, punch how it did. Yeah, I wasn't, like, I I figured we all knew, like, something big was going to come out of the Rebirth, but I didn't expect it to be, like, such a positive reading experience and, and to make me really hopeful for all the books that were coming out and to be, like, a fan of DC. And honestly, in my mind, DC has been doing a lot better than Marvel this year. Oh, Hundred, like 100%. in terms of terms of like just making me want to read their books and and like quite frankly like I'm gonna try to stay positive but Civil War two was f- f- fuck that shit you know <laughs> and and fuck all the books that were like forced to like have tie-ins to Civil War two and like fuck that whole event man like so garbage the other cool thing about the DC Rebirth event one issue that's it. that's all you needed. And it just and from that it was just like well, there's one more cool thing about DC Rebirth. It also started the entire line that every goddamn DC book is two ninety nine. Oh yeah, that too. That's a very important thing. You're right. All the all the mainline DC books became two ninety nine after the the Rebirth thing. And you know what? It definitely made me more willing to try new books when they came out. You know, like I probably wouldn't have picked up Superman if it was like three ninety nine. You know, or like Marvel loves to like gouge their books up one dollar every time it's a new number one. Yeah. So, yeah, good on you, DC. You made 2016 really good for comic books, and I mean, we we dedicated a whole episode of Super Nerd Pals to talking about DC Rebirth. It was that important, and I feel like that's by far my number one. If you're gonna read one issue this year. That's my recommendation, is DC Rebirth, number one. I think you slowly swayed me to, like, reconsider. Really? Yeah, I really forgot, like, how how good a Rebirth was. 
You want to? Yeah, I think I'm want, changing mine to, to DC Rebirth. Well, see, there you go. That's how. That's how I want this to be. I wanted to be like I'm convincing you instead of like arguing you why it shouldn't be Walking Dead. Yeah, man, I for, I really forgot about how good that book was and ah. Uh-huh. All right, so I'm gonna reread that shit. I'm I'm good with that here. I'm gonna I'm gonna bang the gavel. <laughs> DC Rebirth number one is our best single issue of the year. Runner-ups: Walking Dead issue. 157. Mother Panic number one, and Sun Bakery number one. Read those books, but definitely check out DC Rebirth. Nice. Alright, I'm gonna go up to Anime of the Year. Anime. We're like burning right through this stuff. This is so nice. (laughs) So nice and so fluent. Okay, so Anime of the Year. Chris has a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Uh, I don't think I'm surprised. You're not surprised. No, no, no. Uh, I'm going to read through his honorable mentions first. Uh, number one, My Hero Academia. You watched that, didn't you? I did. Well, what is that about? Aren't they like superheroes or something? So, it's basically about a character. Um, he lives in a world where 90% of the world is superheroes, and 10% of the world has been born without superpowers. He goes to a school, and... His dream is to become a superhero, mm. but he has no powers. I see. So he wants to be like Batman? Kind of. Uh, later down the line, he winds up acquiring powers, mm-hmm. and uh, season one ended off on pretty much him training into like becoming his own superhero. Got it. But he goes to, like, a school specifically for superheroes. Mm-hmm. And then he's got Drifters, Mob Psycho 100, which I think is made by the guy who made uh, One Punch Man. Could be wrong. ReZero, Starting Life in Another World. I guess that's part of the same title. Uh, Dragon Ball Super, Dimension W, Yuri on Ice, which I also started watching and I really like. Have you seen Yuri on Ice? <laughs> Not yet. I've been told... Many interesting things about it, and I really want to watch it. I really like it, actually, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And um, I never thought I'd be interested in like ice skating shit, but it make it like sells you on it as being like this really important like sport. And the visuals are really cool. The music's really cool. Characters are really funny. Um, it's like this guy, uh, like in the first episode, I forgot his name because it was so long ago when I saw it, but like. Um, it's very, like, into social media in the anime, so you'll see characters, like, posting on Facebook, posting on Twitter, posting on Instagram, and, like, he goes to see Yuri. Oh, his name is Yuri, too. That's why he's, like, such an asshole, because they they have the same name. Um, so he's, like, this blonde, like, punk kid, like, going to see, like, Yuri and, like, talk shit to him in, in, like, Japan or whatever, and he's walking and he sees, like, this, like, lion, not a lion, like, a tiger sweater, like, hanging up in a shop, and he's like, let me get that sweater, and he, like, posted on Instagram with him wearing a sweater, and I want that sweater so bad, because it's just, like, it's, like, it's, like, a tiger with a little bow tie, like, a, like, a growling tiger face with a tiny little bow tie under his head, and I was like, I want that sweater so bad now, because I would totally fucking buy that sweater, too, like, that's, like, all right, I'm just, I'm just gonna point it out there, that is not where I thought you were going with this conversation at all. Really? Well, yeah, I, I don't know, I like it. Um, all right, and his not... His anime of the year is Erased, which I heard a lot of good things about. But have you seen Erased? No, I haven't. Me neither, but I heard really good things, so I believe him if he picks that as his anime of the year. 
How about you? My anime of the year is Dragon Ball Super. Oh, shit. Surprise. And, uh, I mean, come on. Dragon Ball Super was fucking amazing. And the latest arc, not the uh, the nicest ending, but the whole rest of it was fucking sweet. Had me at the edge of my seat every single episode. Had me wanting more every single time. Um, Yeah, Dragon Ball Super. Just watch it. Started on Toonami Sunday or Saturday. I know. Um, So did uh, Kai the Final Chapters. Kai the Final Chapters? Yeah, Dragon Ball Kai, the Busaga shit. Why the fuck? This is like like 10 years after Kai came out. Listen, I know, but finally we're going to get the Bukai. I guess. You know, they cut out all that filler. I got both of them shits on my TiVo. Can't wait to watch them. Do you have a runner-up for anime? Um, my runner-up for anime is actually My Hero Academia. Oh, well, there you go. Um, alright, my anime of the year is also Dragon Ball Super. Um, this was a big year for Dragon Ball in general. It caused us to launch the Dragon Chat, uh, podcast. Because there was just so much Dragon Ball stuff at the end of last year. The two games, the anime. There was just, like, so much happening. Um... Dragon Ball Super made me feel like I was, like, a young teenager again. Like, a 13-year-old kid, like, running home from school to watch what the fuck was popping off on Dragon Ball. (laughs) Um, Super brought back my favorite character, Future Trunks. uh, Made his life garbage again. But gave (laughs) gave him a nice uh, romantic partner in in my... um, Yeah, the Goku Black arc was just amazing. You know, there was, like, so many good, good like, moments happening in that arc. You had um, Future Trunks meeting Kid Trunks, which I've been waiting years to see that interaction happen. Yeah. Um, you get to see Trunks and 18, like, interact again, and that was really... Like future Trunks and 18. Yeah, Future Trunks and 18, which is, like, a really interesting moment. You get to see um, Future Trunks and Adult Gohan and see him, like, his family life and, and all that shit, and... Of course, Goku Black and his fucking dark-ass backstory when we finally learned that he was Zamasu and that whole scene where he, they switch bodies and then he fucking kills Goten and Chi-Chi as Goku Black. Whew. And then all the callbacks to Dragon Ball, like the Mafuba, um, having like Piccolo do a YouTube video on how to do it, <laughs> and then Trun- that's how Trunks learned how to do the Mafuba. Trunks in general, like, learning all, like, oh my God, learning yes. all those fucking moves... Um, learning how to do Mufuba, the the final flash, Gallic gun, just like busting out all these moves. Kamehameha, Maseko. Just knowing everything. And that then, spirit bomb sword? Yeah, that fucking spirit sword shit, like, where, in my opinion, that's where the arc should have ended. But I love that, the fact that he, like, pulled out all the stops and he got that, like, fucking semi god transformation, where the fuck that is. And, and yes, the ending was not great. I I wish there was a different way it ended, but you know it is what it is. Just like your um, Walking Dead arc, like if it doesn't, the ending sucks. It's still like a lot, a lot went down that was really, really good. And like I can't, I can't remember the last time that I was like really pumped about seeing a new episode of a an anime. And, like, wa- waiting for, like, the new episode to drop to watch it. Like, I don't remember feeling that way about anime. Because, you know, honestly, usually it's already all out. And I'm just catching up. Yeah. You know, like, JoJo. Like, I'm just, like, trying to catch up. Um, speaking of JoJo, um, if we were doing an old anime of the year, 
JoJo would definitely make that list. Uh, Diamond is Unbreakable, like, recently just in- concluded. So if I had gone up to that arc in time, it would have made my list. But I, I'm only, like, three-quarters of the way through Stardust Crusaders. So I'm not up to that arc yet. So even though I fucking love JoJo and that anime has fucking changed my life, <laughs> I can't include it on the list. But it, I'm going to give that a little, little shout-out. You should probably watch JoJo also. But Dragon Ball Super... I'm going to call it Anime of the Year. Yeah, definitely. Runner-up. All, all that shit Chris mentioned. <laughs> but in particular, Erased. Yeah? Yeah, Chris, uh, I think we're going to have to have a little anime intervention for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, you want to do TV of the Year? Yeah, we could start TV of the Year. We might be, like, unanimous. Like, actually unanimous. On uh, I think year. so, yeah. Um, so, before we get to that, I want to... Do you have any runner-ups? Yeah, I got a All shit right. ton of runner-ups. Talk about the runner-ups. Runner-ups. Walking Dead Season 7. That's the new season that's on right now. Or Season 6. Is that when he turned Glenn to hamburger? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Arrow Season 5 so far. Again, it's only halfway through the season, but so fucking good. All of Supergirl. Supergirl's amazing. Yeah, Supergirl's the one show that I'm pissed that I, I haven't been catching up on. And I'm like, I'm more interested in catching up with Supergirl than I am in The Flash right now. Yeah. So I'm going to get to that eventually. Uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season 11. It's still going? Dude. They, right now, uh, season, actually the day this... This episode airs. Season 2 of episode 12 would be releasing. And uh, they have been confirmed for 14 seasons. Hmm. They're renewed for 14 seasons. Wow, that's crazy. That's but fun. season 11 went on Netflix. I fucking binge watched the shit out of that. And uh, one of the best seasons yet. Really? That show is amazing. You know, like, my favorite episode is when they went to Jersey and they, like, ate the ham on the wall. Oh, yeah. I think that's and my favorite episode. they got episode. saved by the Guidos. Yeah, that's my favorite episode. Yeah, that episode's really good. Um, and then my last runner-up is uh, MTV's Scream. Really? How is that? That show is so good. Yeah. It's really suspenseful. Keeps your mind going on who the killer is. It's fucking great. Mm, cool. Um, I only have one runner-up. It's Luke Cage. Um, Kiersey and I watched Luke Cage probably like a weekend or two. Uh, it was really, really good. I liked it a lot. Um, I want to say that I think it lost a little bit of steam halfway through. I think the the first half of Luke Cage is like incredibly strong. Um, I really like Cottonmouth as like a villain. Uh, I like I like Luke Cage a lot. He's like so badass. Um, and but the second half of the season was a little a little weak. Um, I feel like they could have done more with um, Diamondback, who they who they teased at the beginning of the season, but then they kind of brought back and made him like the main villain in the second half. And I feel like they should have either brought him in earlier or saved him for a season two villain because I feel like he's a really important villain. It's not too much spoilers, but he's definitely coming back in a future season but i feel like they should have saved it entirely and made it all about cottonmouth or like something. a full season yeah so. because i feel like the beginning was like so strong and the second half is strong too like don't get me wrong it is my runner-up for like tv of the year but i feel like there's just enough there that it doesn't make my top of the list 
Um, but I definitely recommend you watch Luke Cage because I think it's it's my second favorite Marvel like TV thing behind Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is still my favorite, but Luke Cage is super strong. Oh yeah, that's my uh. Well, if we were doing uh, old TV of the year, uh, Jessica Jones just finally finished it. Oh yeah, yeah. Just good, uh, right? The first three <laughs> episodes or four episodes are a little hard to get by, but once you're like in it, oh my god, it just gets better and better. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, so Luke Cage, definitely watch it. It's it's absolutely great. It's probably one of my favorite things that I watched this year. Um, I think it's super important. But uh, TV of the year, this is unanimous. Yeah, uh, it's Stranger Things. Stranger Things is so good. Um, Stranger Things is like eight episodes long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's really like spooky. <laughs> it's cool in all the cool ways. Um, it's got, got a little nice mystery that yeah. doesn't really unravel until like the last two episodes. It's got like bits of like Twin Peaks and ET and the Goonies, and it's like got that whole 80s aesthetic and like the opening credits are fucking great um 11's like the fucking badass most ass bad fucking character with her fucking ego waffles and her nosebleeds and shit like she's like my favorite x-man <laughs> um yeah mike is an amazing character uh very strong and like, his passion to find his best friend is just amazing. Yeah. And, like, you gotta give it up to the fucking wall with the alphabet on it. Strong character. Yeah. <laughs> Real strong character there. Um, yeah, and I love the integration of, like, the D&D stuff into, like, the themes of the of the show overall. And I just, and they, you know, they work stuff like X-Men and shit into, like, the stuff that they talk about, and it feels very believable, but also very, like, spooky, and I, I love, like, that small-town mystery shit, because it's, like, I don't know, something about it is, like, real cool, and so, um, I know it's definitely Kiersey's favorite thing, it's your favorite thing, it's my favorite thing, it was Chris's top pick, so yeah, TV of the Year, Stranger Things, Runners Up, all the shit, uh, Andy mentioned, and Luke Cage. Yeah, shout-out to the Demogorgon. Yeah, shout-out to the Demogorgon. Cool as fuck. Can't wait for season two. Oh yeah. Oh, cannot wait. Cannot wait for season two. All right, we got through most of that list. Blowing through these categories, um, we agreed on a lot of stuff this year. We did. Um, it was it was a lot less. Um, you know why I think that is? Because all three of us have been doing this for two years now. That we kind of like we're kind of like molding into the same human. <laughs> kind of like the same shit now. Like we're kind of like rubbing off on each other, and so it's a lot easier to. To agree on stuff. Um, movie of the year. Uh, I'm going to say, I think this one's unanimous also. It very well might be. Let me just double check. Yep. Yeah. So let's go through uh, runner-ups again. Sure. Um, does Chris have any runner-ups? Chris's runner-up is also my runner-up. Uh, Captain America Civil War. Okay, that's... Also, one of my. Well, well, there, there you go. Um, Civil War. I. We fuck. are really becoming the same person. Yeah. This is uh, scary. Fucking Spider Man, Black Panther. Like. Some of the. Fucking. Yeah. Two of the best fucking characters that did not have movies came out of West Bubba Fuck Nowhere. And fucking stole the show and kept the yeah. 3. 
Um, yeah, honestly. And you know what? I want to just, like, throw this out there real quick, but, like, Captain America, best trilogy in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Best movie trilogy. And I don't think I would have said that, like, before the first Avengers movie came out. Like, when you put up Iron Man 1 against Captain America 1, I have to give it to Iron Man. But when you look at it, like, Iron Man 1, 2, 3 versus Cap 1, 2, 3. I mean, Iron Man just got, like, everyone hates 2. I love 2. I, I, I don't hate 2. I like it. I like that it introduced Black Widow, and I liked War Machine. Yeah. But 3 is a weak one for me. Three is, three where is like, the weakest one. Yeah, three is where it really kind of lost me. I, I was, like, really looking forward to three, too. But it just, I don't know, it's kind of messy. Uh, but Civil War was fucking great. Um, it, it gave us, it was like an Avengers 2.5, basically. It brought pretty much everyone except for, like, Hulk and Thor, I think. Yeah. And they, like, duped it out. It was, like, a cool, a cool little mystery wrapped in there. Like, the Winter Soldier and, like... Cap and, and Iron Man, like, punching shit at each other and all, all that fun stuff. And the only real bad thing I can say about Civil War, the movie, is that it made Marvel force Civil War 2 on us. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing that I that kind of taints Civil War in my mind a little bit. But um, I want to give big props to Civil War to fixing Spider-Man <laughs> as a movie character. And shout out to Sony for... Giving up the rights. For letting that happen, yeah. Because now, like, I... There is nobody who is not excited for Spider-Man Homecoming. And that movie just... There, I mean, we had... We, we talked about this already. Yeah. But. There, but let me tell you this. There is a hype present for Spider-Man Homecoming that wasn't there for The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. It would just... Even though... Even though those movies had Gwen Stacy... <laughs> Nobody was as hyped for The Amazing Spider-Man as everybody seems to be for Homecoming. Yeah. And that wouldn't be possible, I don't think, without Civil War. And people, from time and time again, try to, like, look for a reason why Disney's doing a bad job. So, for instance, the biggest one I got was, like... But they took this kid and they threw him in Civil War to be Spider-Man. He's too young. And I'm like, nah, they're going to do it. They're going to pull it off. And what did they do? They fucking pulled it off. Down to his wittiness and his action and him facing against Cap and having that little heart-to-heart. Like, Brooklyn Queens kid. Great. It was great. Yeah, it was was really good. And and you know what? I need to go and watch it again. (laughs) Because it's been too long since I've seen it and it was a great movie. Um... I want to give a special shout out before I know you you have some right. Yeah, I have one more. Okay, I want to give a special shout out to Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um, that didn't make our list last year because we did the award show before that came out, and even though you know it's technically sort of in contention, I don't think it takes the top spot. But I want to give a special shout out because that really reinvigorated Star Wars. Yeah. And it, it was a great movie and you don't need me to tell you that because chances are if you're listening to this you already saw it. Ryan. Chris. <laughs> Zach. Y'all fucking saw this movie. Y'all know. Tom. I hear. I, yeah. You saw it too. <laughs> this is gonna fucking Stan, do. three weeks from now you saw this shit. 
I don't know why you listen to this again. Go listen to something else. <laughs> Except not you. Not if you're listening for the first time. Please, thank you for joining us. Um, what did you have to say? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Kylo Ren. Kylo fucking Ren. What's your other uh, pick? Uh, my other honorable mention would be uh, Deadpool. Yes. That was really... I saw that um, a month or two ago on yeah. Blu-ray. Really good. It was uh, definitely, definitely a redemption of uh, X-Men's Baraka Pool. Mm-hmm. And that giant fucking clusterfuck with uh, Ryan Reynolds also. And uh, he made a lot of joke stabs to that. And Green Lantern. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty funny. It was very cathartic to finally have him do the, the role that he's been, like, dying to do forever. Like, a, a real-ass Deadpool. And, yeah. Like, everybody wanted it to happen, and so the fact that it finally happened is really notable. And the movie was fucking good. And, and you know, I don't fucking like Deadpool all that much. I'm gonna be real honest. So, neither do I. But the Deadpool movie? Yeah. yeah. And I'll definitely see Deadpool, too. Yeah. Well... Let's break it down our our obvious contender. Yeah, our unanimous winner. Movie of the year. Um, Star Wars Rogue One. I mean, that, <laughs> that couldn't have caused much of a surprise. Yeah, I mean, if you know us, if you listen to like anything, any episode of Super Nerd Pals before this, we're fucking huge Star Wars fans. We're, we're big geeks for Star Wars. Um... Yeah, just uh, everything down from the beginning to to making me care about a character that literally meant nothing to me the whole day before I've seen this movie. Which was uh, all of them, all like the entire cast. Oh, all right, yeah, the entire cast. Like I cared for all of them. Like it was fucking crazy, um, and to make me want to like see their adventure and want to, like, see them succeed through getting the Death Star plans, which obviously they got, but, you know, but like, it made, seeing how and, like, all the close calls and... It made me, like, like, when I was watching the movie, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, duh, of course they get the Star Wars plans. I was like, oh, I hope they get the Star Wars plans. Yeah. Like, it just, it, it did a really good job of making you, like, forget what happens after the movie and like really putting you in the moment so that you're like on the edge of your seat when they're like climbing up the computer banks to get the fucking plans yeah yeah and uh big shout out to james earl jones coming back as my man vader yes and like redeeming the fucking end of revenge of the sith where he's like no oh my god because we get to see him, like, fucking crack a joke and, like, tear up some rebels and shit. And, and have, like, a five-minute conversation. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't think we've ever seen Vader talk for that long, but... It was really good. Really good stuff. And then, um, them bringing back Tarkin, which I thought they did a really good job with. Yeah. Um, and fucking Leia at the end. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The way... That was, the. Uh... The way this movie smoothly, like, fucking butter transitions into A New Hope is fucking spectacular. Like, it's crazy. And and what's great about Rogue One is that it completely changes, like, a rewatch of A New Hope for the better. You know, because now, like, when you watch A New Hope with what you know from Rogue One, it feels so much more desperate. Like, you go, you fuck, get the fuck out of there, Leia. Like, oh my god. Like, Vader's, do you know what they just went through? Vader's, like, on your ass. 
And like even better is that Vader saw them leave, right? And then he catches up with them, and then he gets on the thing, and he's like, I know you have the plans, and Leia's like, no, we don't. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just saw you! And it's like, no. I don't What? What are you talking about? And then, like, in the background, fucking R2 and C-3PO, like, shooting down a tattoo, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we were, you must be... Cr-. Like, they're gaslighting him. And he's like, what the fuck are you... T- I, I saw you! Like... It's the best. <laughs> like, she's just lying right to his fucking helmet. <laughs> Why was that the best thing I've ever heard? Lied to his helmet? <laughs> but yeah, like, and and all the fucking supporting characters, like K2SO and fucking Chirrut, played by Donnie Yen, you know, I am one of the force, force one with me, that whole shit, and like... <laughs> Started the new cluster of memes. Yeah, and Jean Erso and, like, her tragic family, and she's also, like, a super badass character, and they fucking And it did one big, huge thing that everyone complained about episode four. How did they create a Death Star and fuck up with one little... No! No, it was on purpose! Yeah, it explained the whole fucking vent thing. Yeah. That it was a design flaw intentionally made by Galen Erso. Fucking explained away the problems. It made watch, rewatching the movies better, and it, and it made you want to rewatch original Star Wars, which is always a good thing. Oh yeah, always a positive. And yeah, like they killed them all off too, which I think was awesome. You, you know, it's funny. I mean, I wasn't on that episode because I hadn't seen the movie yet. But um, right before K two S O kicked the bucket, I was like, well. I know that these characters die, and as soon as I thought that, God, it was like a fucking massacre. Yeah, yeah, and like I don't know, they did it a really good job, and they, they it was definitely like one of the darker Star Wars movies, if not the darkest. Yeah, and and to have the darkest Star Wars movie written, well, funded by Disney, that's a. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. And it's a good it's a good um, indicator that the future of Star Wars is in good hands. Yeah. Um, and it also sells us on the idea of the Star Wars anthology film as being something important. You know. Um, yeah, Star Wars Rogue One. Star Wars Rogue One. Our unanimous winner of movie of the year. Um, so yeah, that's that is that is the a- award show. I will quickly. Reread the categories with with the winners. Um, movie of the year, we just did it. Star Wars Rogue One. Um, Runner ups: Civil War, Captain America, um, and Deadpool. TV of the year: Stranger Things. Runners up: Luke Cage, Supergirl, Arrow season five, Walking Dead season seven. Um, it's always sunny season eleven. Uh, I don't even remember my own list. <laughs> And Scream. And MTV Scream. Um, Enemy of the Year, Dragon Ball Super, with Erased, and a bunch of other shit. My Hero Academia, and a bunch of other shit. Yuri on Ice, and a bunch of other shit. <laughs> <laughs> Runners up. And watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, best single issue, DC Rebirth, um, followed by... Walking Dead issue 157. And... 
Sun Bakery number one, and Mother Panic number one. And then, favorite comic arc? Favorite comic arc, uh, The Whisper of War. From The Walking Dead. Superman Rebirth. And the Night of the Monster Men DC Rebirth 6 issue, That Family Crossover. With the runner-up of Nightwing's return in uh, Nightwing Rebirth. That too. And there you go. Those are awards. And stay tuned next week where we will be going over best new character, games we slept on, best old game, hot mess, (laughs) which is a fun one, and of course, game of the year. Thank you guys for listening. And um, we should probably do the, the usual thing, actually. Yeah. I'm Stan Gadurski. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. I'm Andy Carasquale. You can find me on Twitter at SweetJustice1. You can find Chris on Twitter at KyoNinjaForHire. That's K-Y-O, Ninja for Hire. You can find Super Nerd Pals on Twitter at SuperNerdPals. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Just Google us. SuperNerdPals.com. Super... Nerd Pals on Facebook.com slash groups slash Super Nerd Pals. We have 550 something like that members. Join us, please. And give us a good review on your podcast service of choice. And tell your friends, because that's how we get more listeners and more friends. Oh, yeah. We need more friends. <laughs> Come join us. Join us. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you and for listening. catch you next week for the rest of the Super Nerd Pals Wars 2016 Part 2. Woo!